Welcome to Creative Dialogues. This podcast is a panel discussion project with a focus on upskilling within the arts and creative industries, produced by Wollongong City Council. My name is Tom Hogan, and this episode is So You're in a Band, with musician Aiden, Sophie McComish from the band Body Type and the Blossom Rot label, as well as Adam Smith, director of Yours and Ours Festival. Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land myself and the panellists are on, stretching from the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation all the way down to Darawal country. And we'd like to pay our respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Uh, My name is Tom Hogan, and I think we've all got this kind of great love-hate relationship with webinars and Zooms and the new Zoom protocol. Um, But at least one of the main benefits is being able to very easily organize events like these and being able to present it live and then also have like an easily accessible version of this after the event available to anyone. So that's um, fantastic. So just to let everyone know who's logging in now, there will be an edited podcast version of this discussion after the event. Um, so we are recording it, um, but it will just be the audio. There will no, there will be no um, video um, of any of the attendees that are sort of turning up. Um, and as the way that this format of this webinar will go, the first 40, uh, 35 minutes or so will be a conversation between myself and the panelists, who I'll introduce properly in a second, I promise. Um, and with time for a much more freeform Q&A at the end, if anyone has any questions that they feel didn't get answered. Um, we've already received a whole bunch of questions from uh, people who've submitted already. So I think there's already like a whole, there's a whole throng of them. Um, and we're like, these are, these are very good questions. So uh, like, thank you so much for submitting stuff beforehand. Um, so I should even ask, um, I've already had an introductory chat with our guests and I thought, I was worried that a stilted summary of um, who they were um, from myself being read out from their bio was probably not as fun as having the guests introduce themselves. So I might just go around and ask each of you to introduce yourself here. So maybe Aiden, I'll start with you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, well, my name's Aiden. Uh, I've got pretty weird spelling for my stage name, A-O-D-H-A-N. Um, I'm 17 and I'm an Indigenous artist and I've... Uh, been making music and releasing music for about uh, two years now. So, yeah, um, happy to be here and try and answer questions as best as I can. There's a good chance I'll be in the same boat as a lot of you, but uh, yeah. Try it definitely and- explains exactly why we've got you on board. Like I've, I was trying to think of someone else who is like the perfectly primed for this. Like it's, it's you're made for it. So thank you for doing this. It's great. No worries. No worries. Um, and Sophie? Yeah. Hi, I'm Sophie. Um, I play guitar and I sing in a band called Body Type. We've been playing for about five years, I think. Uh, I also play bass in a band called Classic. And I've also just started my own little baby record label. Um, What's the record label called, Sophie? called Blossom Rot Records. Fantastic. Um, another another reason yeah. why we're getting you on board. I feel like you, like the the next tier above someone who, um, like like had started the whole band and then has just built a community from that sort of starting point. So thank you so much for this. It's perfect. Thanks for having me. Um, Adam, uh, as far as our promo goes, we said that Ben was going to be here, but um, yes, I'm Ben today. He, yeah, this works. It works for me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so really. Adam, introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, so I'm Adam. I'm a co-owner of Yours and Ours Festival, and I work with Farmer and the Owl, a record label. Um, I do sort of more of the publishing side of things. Um, I've also, over the years, done a bit of management and tour management of artists, um, and 
way, way back, I played in a band, but that is a distant memory. You know that we're going to spend 45 minutes just talking about that oh, band. Oh, please don't. You know, I just really want please to know, don't. get to the bottom of what that was. Um, and I think get, I've buried it. And get I've, your promo photos out. Down. It'll be awesome. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think you that can was, bury it. I think once once you're in a band, always yeah, in a band. I, think that was, uh, I don't even know if there was like Facebook. There was no social media back then, so I've I think I've dodged the bullet. Oh, well. yeah. <laughs> okay. Say no more. Young. I was very young. Yes, I know. Yes. Uh, well, thanks so much. Um, so when I was first asked to run this seminar, it was a couple of months ago, and I was like genuinely quite worried. Uh, I think back then talking about having gigs seemed like a quite a depressing discussion um, and this huge impossibility. Uh, but since then, there's at least this kind of sense of light at the end of the tunnel for everything. And um, even though there are a few still obviously huge questions and problems to get us there um, and also like exactly what the roadmap for the arts is, um, it's still obvious that musicians are ready to go and like bands are putting out work still and uh, venues are still on social media talking about things and in that time like bands I've seen bands start and I've seen bands like like brew and um, it feels like a, actually a really good time to talk about that with people who are in the industry so um, I feel like we're aiming this for people who have been like who need that practical advice who are ready to go and what to do over the next few months as things slowly open up and they're looking to get on stage. So maybe I need to start this off and we'll just, you know, follow the conversation around how that goes. Um, so maybe Aiden, I want to start with you because I feel like, as I sort of said, you kind of recently, like the way I'd sort of see it is like you really exploded. Like you did this thing and suddenly you were everywhere. Um, and so like you haven't stopped since you've started. You've got so much like momentum behind you. And that's only been the past like two or three years, um, let alone the past 18 months. Like I've seen you've been re- releasing music recently. Like you had a EP out in July and your new single Three Leaf Clover about like a month ago. So you were in like the thick of it. So maybe I want to ask like for you, it was pre-pandemic when you got started, but what were like the tangible steps as you as a solo or like as an artist did to get to where you are today? Um, well, you know, yeah, as you said, it kind of just came out of nowhere because I, uh, I entered the Triple J Unearthed competition, um, the Indigenous Initiative, not really, not really having any sort of expectation at all. I just kind of threw, like, it was my second single that I had ever released and I just threw it up. And, um, yeah, it just, they, Triple J came back and I didn't really know what to do. And so... Luckily, um, uh, they they paired me up with like a manager and gave me mentoring, and then yeah, that was, everything kind of just came after that. So steps like um, yeah, what like steps like getting a manager and um, you know doing all of that kind of stuff, and then learning about the whole business side of thing, and um, yeah, really just yeah, I'm not I'm not. <laughs> oh, you don't have to have um, like solved the no, equations no. for success, obviously. Like, no, I think that's no, what... yeah. But if you have, please share. <laughs> yeah, please let us know. That'd be so great. I th- so, what made you? There was this. There's obviously this step before getting a manager. Like, I, I, I assume that everyone here is at least the people who are attending are like, they have either songs to go or they're you know they're, they're ready to go. And so, like, what gets you to that step of like being like? First of all, it sounds like getting the confidence to put out out a song when you don't have a manager. Like, what is what was that? like or like what we what did what were you thinking on how did you approach that yeah well um 
really, I kind of just did it. I kind of just started like, I, cause I kind of knew that nothing would really happen at first. And so like, I would just do it just for, you know, cause I, I really loved it. So I just kind of, um, it didn't really scare me as much. And I, yeah, I, I'm not too sure why it didn't really scare me as much. And, um, but yeah, I know for lots of people that it can be a really scary thing. And so, um, a good way to sort of deal with that, I guess, would just be kind of, you know, showing your friends, showing your family and, um, and like, if, if you like it, like if you really like what you're, what you're making, just don't be scared. Just, just really, really branch out and, and, and yeah, get it out there. I kind of uh, started off with SoundCloud and then progressed to like the the bigger platforms a bit, a bit later on. So, did you did you do the digital distribution side of that? Like, were you when you put a song on SoundCloud, are you like, yeah, now I'm going to get I don't know, was it CD Baby or uh, Ditto or DistroKid to like put things out on Spotify and stuff? Were you like, were you doing that level yourself as well? Yeah, yeah, all the all the online distribution and stuff. Event uh, like when it got to that point. I was um, just using, um, I've forgotten it now. I use a completely different one. But, um, yeah, that's kind of just what I was doing. Um, so, th- and then there's obviously, so, yeah, you submitted to Triple J Unearthed and um, sort of found representation through that. Can you think of, like, an early step that was, like, that transition or a thing that a manager did for you that you couldn't do yourself? Or was there, was there like, a, was it, like, a tangible moment where you're like oh that that is a thing I wasn't doing or is it a way to just shape what you were already doing it's a good question um yeah I guess it really was kind of like that kind of just shaping what I was already doing just with like a lot more um strategy and like um you know that kind of stuff uh yeah I, I didn't really find myself going and doing these you know, something completely different to what I was already doing. So I felt, you know, as much as I did feel nervous, I still felt quite comfortable in kind of like in my own sort of thing still. Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons I wanted to ask that is because like I I think artists sort of see, I mean, myself included, that like is like, oh, like I need the manager or whatever, Um, as if like that's this golden ticket. But like obviously... Like the role of the manager is to sort of help you find that direction, which is a thing that you're already doing. Um, maybe, Sophia, I could turn this to you because you obviously took that step of like you, just like Aiden did, brewed a little community and like it started with your friends and family and kind of expanded to the point where sort of you became the, the manager the way I can sort of see it or like run the label, I suppose. Yeah, but Body Type does have a manager and we were pretty lucky to get a manager from pretty early on in the piece for us and he's amazing he's a really fantastic manager and I would say that the most valuable thing uh that that he's got that we couldn't do ourselves is just the networks and just um and also the knowledge of all the little things that you might not really realize when you're first starting out a musician as a musician it's as, it's as though he's just got the encyclopedia of like what a band needs to do like register for APRA register for PPCA think about getting a publicist think about like just all of these steps that you might miss but one thing I will say for people who are just starting out and might have preconceived notions that a manager is an important step 
in your career as a band, managers are expensive. And if you're not generating heaps of income, then, and you can still manage the workload yourself, then I'm a, I'm a big proponent of DIY for as long as you can, I think. I mean, it's also kind of the dream of our idea of what the yeah. the the artist is really like. It's like, yeah, I, I built this thing from scratch. Mm, totally. Yeah, the manager has all that kind of stuff. And I guess like it just can't be the first step. Your first step can't be, oh, I've got to get a manager and that equals success. Exactly. And I will also say that I think it's it's a good idea to wait until the right person comes along to manage you as well because it's such an intimate relationship and they see you at your worst. (laughs) Of course. You want someone who's going to love your music enough to see past you at your worst. (laughs) God. Yeah, we're getting to the real nitty gritty of what it's like to like, yeah, the truly tortured artist. (laughs) So, um, So was it for you, was it focusing on like the the craft of the band or was it about like you trying to get the the network and the the people together first god it's just it's such a whirlwind when you first start playing I'm sure maybe Aiden has kind of touched on that feeling where things start to suddenly happen and you're getting asked to play all these shows and like bank accounts actually getting some money in it and people care about your music and streaming it and it's, it's such a whirlwind that yeah we, we were really lucky with our manager it was it was someone that we kind of knew already remotely and he was just yeah super keen to get on board pretty early on so Mm. yeah so then what what got you to the point where you were like I'm going to start a label like uh, it it sounds like we're getting off topic but it's not I promise it's this idea of like progression as from you as like this solo artist who'd written a song to like uh, that brewing culture around you yeah I guess that's kind of my my whole entire life (laughs) like snowballing into the next step for me but um I worked um at a record label I've worked in music for a while before I um existed as a musician in the music industry so I guess I in fact my very first when I very first first started in music it was um releasing the band of the person who I'm now running this new label with and it's far better it's far more things are far more established now um but yeah I don't know I think I, I'm really driven by like I said um just people doing things themselves and I love seeing that in artists and I love the idea of, of nurturing that in artists and helping them achieve their dreams without having to go down these preconceived notions of what it is to be in the music industry or to be successful in the music industry yeah, Aiden, you, you've, like you've been in, like for the past two years of you on this like expanding rolling ball of momentum, like you haven't been able to play those gigs, and I mean it sounds like Sophie that that's the way you get you started is to to do those gigs. Huge, huge part of how Body Type started. Yeah. So like, so Aiden, do you feel that lack? Like, are you just like, oh no, I need to gig? Like all the songs that you've put out, essentially in lockdown. Like, is is that your next step? I do feel like that. Yeah. Especially, um, yeah, especially now that we are in lockdown, it's like, you know, at first I, I, I had that idea of like, like when I, like way, way back when I first started making music and stuff, I was like, yeah, this can, I'll just let this do its thing, I guess. And like not play shows that much. Cause I've, um, but yeah, I've kind of realized that, yeah, gigging is, is really, is a really part, um, like really important part of of like growing as an artist and um yeah i do really have that feeling it's it's uh 
It's killing me. I can't wait to get back out. I like the laugh as you said. It's killing me. It was just like I think we're all desperately feeling that. Like, <laughs> um, I, I was just saying before there was this sweet spot between the two, between these kind of like lockdown eras we had. There was this sort of sweet spot where there were gigs and they were stilted and they were seated, um, and this kind of thing. And it was and there was this. It's it's this again love hate relationship of like oh this is what a gig is, but it's not the ideal version of a gig, but also there's nice things about it. Um, and just seeing that crowd, uh, like really desperate for the entertainment as well. Um, mm. Then maybe um, like Adam, you're in charge of what I will say is like this, the step after that is like, like you probably have more of an idea of the roadmap to, to how a live music scene is going to get there. Like, it, like what's your plan for the yours and ours festival for 2022? Like what's that looking like? Mm, good question. Um, look, I don't think any of us know for sure how it's going to happen. No one does, and anyone that does is lying to you. Um, but I think that it will definitely be around how much everyone gets vaccination and all those types of things. And that, you know, we already know that the government said that. Um, well, uh, this year, I can't even believe we did a festival this year. It feels like simpler um and very surreal we our festival in april was all about splitting people up and and you know we did like we came up with this idea of splitting them into four sections and that was insane and you know presented its own kettle of you know uh sorry issues um but i think in the future it's going to be more about just everyone showing that they either have the passport or they have a way to get tested that seems to be the talk. Is that is that what you're referring to? Is like large larger events of like, um, or how's that going to work? Well, even that- like even the fact that like you have to worry about uh, you, like like I feel like even for you to see who is going to like who you're programming and w- what's happening in the mm. live scene. Like you you've probably got your ear to the ground on like the roadmap to live music or whatever that is. To returning, yeah, yeah. I think the other challenge is that, like, we're a country that's divided with the states and for artists that are touring now, if they're blocked out of even one state because of restrictions, it just makes it really, really tough, particularly the two bigger, more populated states. If one of those is in lockdown, it's just basically not worth it as far as I can gather. So that's going to be really tough and hopefully when it comes back, everything comes back at the same time. It seems as though that's what the way it's all moving. Um, but yeah, that's that's a challenge for sure. And for us, like booking and booking a festival, just being careful to make sure that the artists we book are a from Australia to for starters, which has actually been really nice and great to just focus on Aussie acts. But b also just like, well, if they're in, let's say, a state that's not so high in the vaccination rates, how are we going to get them over? How are we going to quarantine them once they like our COVID plans now are just so extensive. I think this festival is like a hundred page COVID plan. It was ridiculous. And we rewrote it like a million times, you know? So it was, yeah, it's, I, I probably am bringing the vibe down a bit with all this. No, no, it was like, a, it's, like it's, it's just if, a crazy world. If we didn't talk about it, then it's like, yeah. <laughs> it would be insane. I, have, I should say though, that I feel a lot more optimistic about just at least now we're talking about a way out mm. where there wasn't really much talk about that before. It was just like, Oh, we'll just see what happens. Whereas now it's like, no, we'll get to this and then we'll do this. And so I feel a lot, I feel good about it. Despite all of that, um, 
yeah, craziness. I feel good. Yeah, sweet. So, I mean, obviously, we're not this. This panel isn't catered specifically people who are like already getting festival bookings. It's a. It's really about mm. like those kind of early stages. Something so up. maybe I yeah. should ask, um, like. If for the artist that's starting now, obviously, the mm. like it's imp- we've all sort of acknowledged that how important a gig is, first of all. And even to get booked in a festival, we need to have the gigs booked. We need to already have the gig. So um, maybe the discussion point should be like, what are some tangible steps and coming an artist should be planning for when they come when, once these ideas of gigs come back? What are some tangible steps that a new artist needs to take to secure or find those gigs? Is that a question for me? Yeah, maybe I'll start with you. I think that'd be great. Um, I think as much as possible, try to do what you were either doing if you were 18 at the pre-COVID. Like if you're already going out and going to gigs, um, I'd just try and go back to doing that as much as you possibly can and either playing as many gigs as you are capable and think is a good amount for you or just watching and supporting other people. I, I can't stress enough how important that connecting with other artists is, and I'm sure Aiden and Sophie will agree with, like, just being part of those scenes and being hanging out and trying to get, you know, can I support this band or what can I do? Just being open and around for those kind of things and, and eventually it won't take long you'll connect with the, that scene, whatever that is, whether it's a certain band you really love and then you meet heaps of cool people out of that and then that's how it's done to me. Like nine times out of ten, it's making good friends and making a good impression at at a gig. You often are just hanging out at as much as you are performing. I think that's super important. So I'd just say getting back out there as much as you can and then as quick as you can. Like it's it's going to be there'll be a transition where we'll be a bit of seating and all that kind of jazz, but we just got to do it. I hope we don't have to do the double shows in one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those poor artists, I feel like, like, you lose your voice. Yeah, totally. Like, um, um, yeah. especially like artists like on tour or whatever. Um, oh. It sounds like a really important thing of just like it's really the goal isn't just to suddenly be in charge of a live scene and being like the I don't know like the leader of a scene. It's really about being involved in a community. Yeah. Really. It's like, yeah. it's like being a viewer and a supporter and a consumer yes. who can, yes. who is also kind of on stage of that. Um, yeah. So maybe that's a, so Sophie, like as far as like you, like the way that I see body type and at least um, like the whole sort of brand of um, a brand is such a horrible word for that. But I mean, like okay, every time I've gone to a gig that is, that uh, has like, there is like a network of people or that feels like a family uh, within that sort of gig. The best way I can describe that is, um, I don't know, I saw like Sweetie support like Babatha, for instance. And as a support act, um, it was like, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's not just a band who's trying to reach out to people who've never seen them before. There was already a crew and a community kind of there. And it seems to me like that's as far as how, that is how you sort of get, I don't know, more audience members and more out of a community. Like, can you speak to something about like, like how to build that community or how to sort of feel more of a part of it? Totally. And Sweetie is actually a really good example for what I was thinking of that I wanted to say. Also tying back to Adam's point about um, being a leader, not having to be a leader in the scene, but you totally don't need, I think confidence is, is a really important 
thing that you need to work on when you're an early band and don't be scared to be a leader in the scene. Sweetie, for their very first, one of their first ever shows, just booked a headline show at the Lansdowne and heaps of people went and loved it. And, and it's, it's easy to do that. And especially in Wollongong, there are so many interesting and accessible venues for, for bands who are just starting out to just contact the venue and say, Hey, I've got um, this band and this band and this band, we want to put on a show. Like Frank, since the rule is really cool and small and easy to kind of make it feel full and exciting. Um, Shy Posty, I haven't been there yet because I think it just opened when mm. lockdown mm. begun. But and and even outside of venues, like places like um, I went to a really cool show at the Railway Hall in Thoreau, right near the train station. There's just so much opportunity for people to just be leaders and, and put stuff on and just start the scene themselves. You don't have to like join a scene, just mm. start one. Feel confident and able to do that because the people in Wollongong seem to be so supportive and so excited about new bands. And it's why festivals like yours and ours can can exist, I guess, and why stores like Music Farmers can exist because the crowd here is so keen yeah. and so excited. So, so it's really that yeah. push and pull between being uh, like – the, being the headline or being the support act and sort of what those sort of roles are. Like if 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 you're an mm-hmm. artist and you've got a, a set of songs and you're ready to play, like should you like and you're just saying like just go for it, just book that gig for yourself? Okay, I'm definitely saying yeah. just go for it because, oh, man, I remember our first show so clearly. Um, we were friends with someone who was managing Gabriella Cohen at the time and she'd booked a headline show at the Brighton Up Bar in Sydney, which is no longer um, and she was like, you guys just should open for her. And we were like, oh, my God, no, we've never played a show. We don't, we've got songs, but no, we're not ready. And she was like, you're ready, just do it. And it's the best advice we had because since then, that was September 2016, for like the following six months, we had at least one show every mm. weekend. And it was, and and once you started playing shows, your confidence just completely builds and it's less scary. And, and then it just So, happened. yeah, just like... Get that stuff on stage, at least like to sort of see see what it's like and like you can shape things after that, I I think is probably. Yeah. And it's okay to just be a little bit crap at the start as well. Like you don't have to be perfect the first time you play a show. Hear that, Aiden? You can just like, you just build your skills up. So, So, yeah. Um, So maybe it's like, uh, um, so maybe like Aiden, like do you, would you check out a venue like before you try to like book that gig? Like are you uh, like... Uh, like what's your step in like approaching like getting those gigs usually um i'm uh, i'm kind of not too fast to be honest uh, just as long as we can get an audience um but uh yeah i don't know because um a lot of it's kind of taken care of for me like uh, i've had like my managers and stuff sort of know what what venues and stuff are like good and whatever and to play at and but honestly yeah i really i really soaked up what sophie said um and it's making me want to <laughs> like go out and just book venues everywhere but and um yeah yeah be, uh, do you have any uh, control over like what you consider to be a support act yeah i do get like um like suggestions thrown at me and stuff and i kind of like have a look through it usually i'm not like too fast it's just like um in you know er- everyone that i've kind of met in like uh, with support acts and stuff they're all really cool and 
Then what do you think the so what would you say like the role of a support act artist is in that kind of set like um like I, I guess what I mean is they definitely used to be this thing of just like hey, um, this support act it's like it's really like people won't even sort of turn up for it but I like was the, the old way of thinking but at least like over the past few years it's like with the this thread of like whatever the live scene is is like they all started to feel like sort of more cohesive events um, and so there's something about like like the, getting the support act gig is probably like just a very good step for anyone to take anyway. It still gets you on stage and it still has you related to that sort of personal artist. Is there like something that brings out that you're like, that is the kind of support act that I want? I'm sorry to jump in, Aiden. Yeah, right. no, go for it. Yeah. yeah, Aiden's also very young in his career too. Like over time, more and more, he'll see how much that interplays and and it goes both ways. So it's good for the artist that's supporting because like you said, um it's it's bring you know giving them opportunities and such and such, but it's also good for those those touring acts who aren't from the town to be connected straight in with the local community. So they don't. Sometimes you might come from this wherever, like where I don't know. Maybe you're from Melbourne, and maybe you're in Wollongong, and you may not have been able to connect and bring that many local people to the gig because you're just not at that point, right? The, the local support act will bring that crowd because they're very they'd often know a lot of people in the area and it exposes that act to all the local scene and the local scene to that act which they may never never have watched so it goes it's that bridging the gap there that's such a nice thing and I know there is a there's a certain amount for support acts that you have to put up with oh man a small fee and all this sort of stuff for a little while but it also like most artists understand that that's just what they have to do at the start and it, and, it, and the benefits of it eventually flow to everyone I, I think I mean I'm all about artists getting paid what they need to get paid and should get paid and I never agree with people doing what they don't feel comfortable with but the benefits are there and it's just sometimes you don't see them until later I think so would you say like uh, um, attending the gigs is that kind of big first step is that to, to get a good lad of the land of what is available to you like attend the gigs and it's just like by attending you meet people and it's by by meeting people and connecting via I don't know I'm assuming like Instagram and social media is probably the next logical step after that yeah and you're exposed to stuff like to art to music that you might have never experienced that like you might be in a completely different like sometimes this the billing's not all genre based too so you might be like well I never would have seen that band if I didn't go because my mate's band was playing at this, you know, like so it opens you up to a, a cool experience too. So as from the punter side um, and then, yeah, same with the artists, I think as well. The artists bounce off each other. They learn and they watch like how do you grow without going and seeing stuff, especially if it's different to what you do. Hmm. Sophie's probably got a bit to add to that for sure. Like it's, you know, like you would have, how many gigs would you have done with bands? You're like what? I never would have picked that one, but. As the support act, sure, but um, we, I'm just thinking, we put a lot of emphasis and thought into who we get to support us. For sure. That is very important. Yeah, I feel like as a band, I mean, we're in a position where we're lucky enough that we get to play headline shows. Um, mm. So we care a lot about diversity in music and wanting to align the bands that support us with, you know, what we care about 
care a lot about representing women in music, people of colour in music, Indigenous people in music. So um, choosing a support act is a really good opportunity to share a message about what your band stands for as well and the kind of scene that you want to see and encourage in terms of who's coming to your show as well. I guess it's like curating the night. Totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There is this thing of like when you when you're not getting gigs, you think there's this secret to getting a gig that you're that that you're missing out on, and it sort of sounds like there really isn't much of a secret apart from making yourself known as a musician in a local scene. Is that kind of the? Oh, I don't want to. I I feel I I, again. There's no solve yeah. or whatever. But and like, I don't want to yeah. downplay fr- frustration that artists can feel because I've heard it and I've seen it and I know that it would be frustrating if you can't always get the gig that you want or it doesn't seem like it's happening at the time you want. Um, but I don't really know apart from being, putting yourself out there and trying and just putting your music out there too, like Aiden and Sophie were hitting on and just not being afraid and being brave. I don't really know any other advice to give until you do apart from aligning yourself maybe as well. Sophie's hitting on something there, aligning yourself with people that you feel like shared in values or, in style or whatever it is like connecting with that um will definitely help you as just as an artist i imagine your development and also you'd like you'd be more psyched on it because you're seeing and being around people that you're inspiring you so yeah i just wanted to um chime in there and just offer like Community radio is yeah, an incredible tool for artists who are just starting out. Yeah. Every single capital city, all the regions in Australia um, have community radio stations with such enthusiastic and excited presenters whose contact details you can find on all the websites for the stations. So you just go through and you see what bands they're playing, see which presenters might be into your stuff and just hit them up and they'll play. They'll mm. probably play your stuff. You might get an interview. Yeah. It's a really good way to fact, access like, a different community, I think. In fact, a community radio station is probably a very good way to just understand who is playing in your local area as a yeah. starting yeah, point. Yeah, totally. Like, if that's- you can't find them on social media, it's like the rate, that's literally what the community radio station mm. is for, I suppose, mm. to like to make sure that you aren't like an artist who are solo and by themselves and in, like alone in this kind of like empty exactly universe. Right. It's mm. like there are many other, other artists in that area who are like – who are like putting on shows and, or, you know, trying to find those other people as well. Um, are there any other ways you can think of that uh, someone can get to know or find the people, the artists around them? Like, I guess it's like you're saying there's local gigs, community radio, like how do you find those, how do you find those bands that align with your values? We live in the age of the internet. Yeah. And unfortunately the, the music blog scene has completely dwindled over the past few years, but you can still, you know, Facebook, every band, well, not every band, but a lot of bands have Facebook pages, which is a really good start. Find one you like, see the bands that are engaging with their page, see what bands they're playing gigs with, go check them out on Facebook. You know, it's that's how I do it. That's how I find support bands. There's also like a thing of like uh, if you're on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, like you are basically asking like people to connect with you to chat like yeah um, that's right like, like Aiden and Sophie I've seen you both I've seen your pages both reply to people who as far as I can tell you don't really know it's because it's like engagement you're right yeah totally Aiden if you're like running your own like social media the way that you're connecting with people is part of the way you promote yourself and connect with those sort of people right yeah definitely yeah yeah I've definitely connected with lots of people over the years and stuff and um yeah it's been a great way to 
sort of get out there. Do you run like you run your social page yourself? Every every time I've seen a post from you, it seems very much direct from you. Yeah, yeah, I try to keep it all authentic and whatever. And yeah, yeah. I think that there's definitely this idea that like these like these artists are. Uh, like there's like this massive team of people running things for them, but it's just like I, I every every artist that I've met is in charge of their own yeah. Instagram account or whatever, and are happy to reply to people mm. or like you know acknowledge sort of comments and things like that. I'm just interrupting myself here. Around about now, I started to incorporate questions that were sent to the webinar chat uh, into the conversation. So, just covering that awkward transition with a narrated moment. Thank you. Yeah, like how how important do you think it is before to get those gigs? Do you have already recorded or demoed songs on your own accord? Like, is that or like is your branding of your social media important before you get those gigs? Or like, how much do you have to do that work before you're gigging? Do do the three of you think? Oh, like Aiden, you're like a really good example person to start because obviously you like you just put a thing on SoundCloud and showed it to your friends, right? I think the way I look at it, it kind of doesn't really it doesn't matter too much, like. As long as you do like are kind of releasing music in, like, in a nice can nice um, you know in a nice flowing way, and uh, you know not not just like waiting and keeping keeping people waiting and stuff. It doesn't really matter when you start gigging and stuff. You know, I think it's good to have maybe at least one song kind of ready out there and for people to listen to like available um, to be found at least yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Y- you know even if it's not on like the, the major platforms if it's just like on youtube or soundcloud um and i guess yeah, that I would also go for like uh, to, to your step to getting gigs or getting to a festival adam like do, like are you like looking over social media sites of people that you're booking mm, uh, look I, I think on the on the up and coming acts, we'll look at a few different things. But one, there needs to be some kind of recording of, and it could even just be some basic raw stuff. But there needs to be something online to listen to, unless we're already we already know them and are chatting to them or something like that. Um, so there needs to be something, and it doesn't need to be a lot. It can, like Aiden said, one, two songs, something. What they're doing on not like what what they're putting out on socials is often as important as like, we're not looking at like, Oh, look, they don't have a million followers too bad. You know, it's not like that. It's like, what, how active are they and what are they doing? Are they, are they trying to get gigs? Are they putting stuff out there? Are they a a flexible and cool, keen, fun artist? I don't know. So yeah, we'll look at that, but yeah, I think, I think just like putting a good demo together is, is pretty crucial in that early days, in those early days, like, and not being too fussed about the production if you can't afford things. Just having a go and getting your songs tightened up is probably more important than not doing it. I think that's a really good point. And I just wanted to flag that uh, just, yeah, you don't, when you're making your demos, you don't, they don't need to be amazing. You don't need to have like production and spend heaps of money. You know, there's GarageBand if you've got a Mac, which is free. Reaper, which is one a, a audio workstation you can download for free on the internet. You know, there's YouTube to show you how to do a real basic mix. Um, I say that I'm probably offending so many producers out there, <laughs> but, but there's ways that you can recording. I don't know. I just remember thinking it used to come like seems so intimidating to me. But it's you can yeah. If Adam's happy to hear something from GarageBand, record it on your phone. It depends. 
Some artists are mm. super. It depends if you're really high end. If high end production is all about is that's what your sound is, then of course we're saying the wrong things right now. But nine times out of nine times out of ten, that's True. not important, <laughs> and it's just about showing people your sound and vibe. That's more important. So I don't know. Mm. Just touching on that point, it sounds like. Um, like there's this this idea of like a fancy sort of production that is a thing that we can aspire to and aim to it's, it's the same as like music theory like i think a lot of musicians sort of beat themselves up over not knowing everything about music theory and that is like this major hurdle but i would say most of my favorite musicians do not know everything about music theory and if they did i'd probably despise them for it actually so i'd um, like, to, like, like, as far as you go, Sophie, like, we, were, were you like, oh yeah, all about theory in order to write that song, or is oh. it was it much more chaotic than that? I know that sounds also obvious, but like, I just want to hear it said. <laughs> <laughs> None of us could play our instruments. We started me and my three best friends who play in body type. We couldn't play our instruments. We started the band to learn our instruments and play together. None of us knew how to record. And now Annabelle is an incredible producer and she's, you know, we've all learned so much just by, it all comes back to me to just doing it yourself and building up your confidence and just not being afraid to be a bit crap for a while. <laughs> um, Lizzie's asked about um, how are we breaking through on the Triple J scene? Uh, Triple J is really, really challenging. And uh, Triple J unearthed and unearthed high, obviously incredible ways to get the presenters on the station to listen to your stuff. Um, it's just so hard to get an ad and get actual rotation and get support. So I think if you're just starting out, you need to be realistic and aim for community radio. I hope that doesn't sound brutal. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, yeah. I guess like, is it still like a tangible goal? It's, it's a tangible goal for sure. And, you know, if they do, if someone at the station does hear your song and love it, then it's a huge way for you to just have instant easy an easier road to success but but it, that's just so hard because there's they get such a sheer massive amount of, of submissions and so it's a national radio so it, it is huge millions and millions of people listening and there's only so much they can do right i'm not trying to defend them here i don't work with triple j <laughs> but but they do get bashed a lot and i'm like you know they serve a purpose everything serves its purpose it could be better sure everything could be better but I do see how it would be hard, right? Like when there's just they're inundated with people all the time and there's still at the end of the day a subjective choice on what they should play and not like a robot chooses that. Mm. It's like people at the end of the line. Sophie, <laughs> definitely, I can see it's hard because you would have been servicing so I much music like and you still do. Time, and you, you, so, yeah, yeah and it's hard work and it's, mm. it's hard when you're like you know that the band just pushing is really, really good and they're not, yeah, so it's hard. There's an element of luck and opportunism, but then there's also it will get, I don't think you should give up on no, it. No, you shouldn't like, give up on it. That, people should, should push for that. Keep submitting yeah. it. Keep uploading it. Yeah. It would yeah. seem like it's it's about like keeping that going or keep submitting or as far as I can say with Aiden, it's like, Aiden, you're just, you're just being putting out more music. Like that seems to be your way around it is to be like, like just do another song. Is that is that your mentality? Like you've been so prolific in shutdown and lockdown. It seems like. Um, I, I I guess um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like. There's, I guess I suppose there's not really much of a workaround. You know, like, um, I kind of just put out music and 
been putting out music and stuff in lockdown, hoping that it would kind of um, like find that audience and like expand yeah. a bit more. Yeah. And obviously there's obviously no like soul for that, but as a result, you have a catalog of songs that are like shows that you've been consistent. So that seems pretty vital on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Between the three of you, like, would you say producing and releasing more music or just finding those live gigs? What is like the, is it, is one more important than the other or is it about finding a balance or like, would you push for finding more live gigs or would you push for having more music available online? Well, I think, I think just quickly, I think the thing you got to remember is that um, a lot of the music you'll put online and, uh, you know, audience like online audiences and live audiences uh, can usually be two completely different worlds, you know? So, um, you like, yeah, you, you might, you, you might go to a gig and there'll be people there that, you know, probably don't even listen to um, that much music at all, or don't listen to the type of music that, um, you know, that you make whereas online you might have people who you know really really like your music and um but like are from other places or you know whatever it's like yeah i think it's both yeah both are pretty pretty like broad i guess i suppose like it's part of the network of being a musician is being able to find that balance or yeah or choosing between them like that is part of your craft maybe so i see see the question is like would be more beneficial which would be more if the balance wasn't an option because i think the balance is is probably the best option but yeah given given at the moment then then go for producing and releasing sure social media like it's this it's this huge thing that like we think that you need to actually manage this social media account that is like it's it's massive for one person to do ultimately like that is part of the the hard, like it's the hardest thing of being a musician is the fact that only like a portion of your life is spent towards the actual craft of music there. Like, um, is there like a way that you can focus your social media energy? Like, is it a, like, it's, it's a big job without a PR person to do social media. How do you manage that? How do you like pick and choose what works for you or what is beneficial? That's a really hard question because social media can be so exhausting if you're using it all the time in your personal life and then maybe for work as well. And then also trying to promote, your music from it. And there's a lot more to it than just posting. Like there's the whole marketing side that you can tap into too. Um, I think what I would just say is rather than trying to flood people with content all the time is make your posts meaningful and genuine so that it encourages people to actually engage, want to engage with your account. Is that helpful? I don't know. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Because you can just tell when some people are just chucking stuff up and it's mm. like, oh, do you even care? Like, are you just putting that up for no reason? Like, I don't know. But that's definitely, I agree with that. It's like put stuff up that means something to you and will connect with the yeah. fans. And normally if it means something to you, it will connect with your fans. Yeah, so my body type at the moment, we've been sitting on this album for, like for ages and it's finally going to be released soon. Watch this space if anyone cares. But um yeah, when there's kind of nothing to post about and sometimes we're like, oh, should we just post a thing just to say something? But then it's like, no, because it's just clogging people's feeds and people might start to unfollow us. So, yeah, meaningful quality over content, yeah. I think. 
it was something about like lockdown being up. We were all in our phone, and there was yeah, exactly. nothing to post about. Like it was, it was literally, it was like yeah. the least inspiring time ever. Yeah, and we were still desperate all people to are posting is like, "Cool, like my tour is cancelled. Cool, this is over. Everything." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I laugh, but only because I'm trying not to cry. It's good. <laughs> For for people who are finding who are trying to find those opportunities, um, Creative Wollongong is a page on Facebook where they post like council opportunities. Uh, for example, um, I as part of the podcast in the show notes, I'll have links to certain uh, relatable things. Uh, does everyone have like uh, something that a, a, like a, a new band or a young band or a, who are trying to connect or find opportunities where they should go or what they should look for or where they should follow? I think like I've already said, just listen to community radio. I can't push that enough. Yeah. Cause then you find out about things that are happening and, and you know, when shows start opening up, that's where you'll hear about them. And yeah. I, I just think wherever you are, try and switch on to what the local venues. I'm going to come at it from that angle because that's more my world, but whatever, like Sophie said, she just named a bunch of great venues that um, don't, and also the ones that don't do gigs as often, what have they been up to as well? Like just to check in on what is out there in the community, have such and such been doing takeaway, whatever, in the, you know, just see what's been happening and what's their plan when they're coming back and when are they starting gigs. And then just being a, getting your radar and what's physically around you is probably a good one, but online and just checking in on that um, and just being ready to jump into it when it's back, which is really not that far away, to be dead honest, will be... It's going to be a crazy few weeks, that first few weeks of like, oh, my God, like society. <laughs> yeah. I imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. First of all, learning how to keep eye contact, uh, that. <laughs> and then it'll be like we, there's all the gigs that were postponed will be all put on at the same time and we'll all yeah. be, we'll have to like. It'll be crazy. Yeah. It'll, yeah. I think it's actually, yeah. it's like it's kind of exciting and both terrifying and exciting and like I'm up for it. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe the, someone just put the last question, which is pretty good. I might just call this the end of it. Do you think that online gigs are a way of the future? Like, Aiden, did you do any online gigs while you were, like, over the last little bit? Were you just like, I need to perform to camera? How did they go? Like, did you do them? Yeah, I did I did a, I did one. Um, it was for Show Harbour Councils. Um, there was this little, little live stream event um, put on by pop-up parties. Um, mm. it was really fun. And, uh, I, 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 I don't know if they could really sort of be the way of the future, at least. I mean, I would like to not have them be the way yeah. of the future. I was going to say, I really hope not. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Aspirational. Like, would you, would you say yes to an online gig when there are other gigs? Yeah. Like when there are. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, um. They're still pretty fun and, you know, you get kind of a nice audience sometimes and, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, Sophie, did you do any online gigs or are you any of the bands that you're associated with? Yeah, Body Type did. Did you guys pay attention to the Isolade Festival? Did anyone see that? We did one of them, but it was super awkward and, I don't know, I think it sounded horrible and I don't know. But um, I saw that Amel and the Sniffers have announced they're doing a live stream of their latest album in a couple of weeks, which I think would be super cool. I think if you can get the sound right and find the right platform to do it on, Sure. Yeah. Maybe. It's, it yeah, seems like there's like, yeah, people have like, we sort of have slowly figured out how to do it and now lockdown is sort of ending. And it was first like, yeah, we mm. could, it's just a language that we could dip into. Yeah. It's just mm. another platform. It's another way to get it all out there, but it'll never replace, in my mind, 
that experience, the whole reason you go to a gig, it's not just about hearing the music, it's the experience of it's very visceral, it's very physical being there. And and like you said, it's community. Like it's like yours and ours festival. If you're camping overnight, it is really not just about like, I'm here to hear the perfect mix of that band. It's just like, I want to get sweaty and rained on. Uh, and I want to, and you want to switch off from, you want to get away from digital things too. So, but you know, that's, there's pros and cons of everything. And I think it's still useful having streaming, but I just really hope it doesn't, it is in the future. Whoever. Well, let's hope there's no no more online panels and it's just live face to face from now on as well. I love online panels. Yeah, this worked out very well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I think we got through all the questions I think that were there that were like, that seemed to like naturally form in the conversation. Um, So maybe between the three of you, I need to ask like what your. Like Aiden, you've obviously, because I think your last single came out maybe three or four weeks ago. Have you, you've got more in the pipeline? Yeah, there's, I'm, I'm definitely, I've been doing a lot more writing here and um, during lockdown and stuff. And Your last single, Three Leaf Clover, it's like luscious. It's real great. Um, uh, we'll make sure everyone gets in that. And uh, Sophie, what have you got in the pipeline, even in the next 24 hours? What do you think? Uh, dinner, shortly. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> but no, as I touched on Body Type, we recorded an album just before COVID. So we've been waiting and waiting and I think, it's finally happening very soon. So, yeah. <laughs> cool, can't wait. And your uh, your label, Blossom Rot, uh, I'll make sure everyone, oh, yeah. everyone follows Blossom Rot. Everyone follow Blossom Rot. Well, we've only got two artists on the label so far, looking for more, send them my way. Ah, so everyone <laughs> who's wondering about what to do with that music that they've recorded. Anyone run a record deal, I got some to give. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> Um, and Adam, what's your, what's your like uh, like next steps? Are you like deep in the throes of, of figuring out what like what you do next, or is that, are you like are you like uh, active right? Uh, we've now? always got plans. Yeah, we always are planning for stuff. We will be doing a festival next year. Can't say when, but it's not that far away. So it's all so online and um, just all. No, online. it's all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hey, we might have to bring. We have to keep some streaming element of it just for of course the continuity. <laughs> no, we're still, we're planning to. Yeah, we're trying to bring the festival back next year, and then just always working out with, with our artists in the label and just trying to support them in their releases. And yeah, there's always stuff to do. It feels like I've le- forgotten something, like I've left my mask at home, but uh, <laughs> thank you to everyone involved. Thank you to our guests, um, Aiden, Sophie and Adam. Um, that was great. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, me. everyone. Thanks. thanks for listening. Special thanks to the creative development team at Wollongong City Council, including Lily Keenan, Janine Primer and Sam Crosby. Be sure to check out the show notes for a summary of this podcast's discussion points and we'll speak to you soon.